0: Welcome to the Campus Rush Podcast. On today's episode, we'll be discussing the series, Friendships. We'll consider the different kinds of relationships and anchor our hope in Jesus, the Chief Orchestrator. We hope that you enjoy this message. Well, we have a a setup here tonight uh, because we are doing our Friendships Part 3. And um, I decided to have some very important people to me come in and engage in this conversation we're gonna have and we're calling this segment this week friendships part 3 the conversation we want to be able to have some good conversations some great conversations on what relationships should look like what we should do in engaging in them and what ultimately the outcome should be so you know what I did I went to go and get some of the best pastors that are so well versed in this topic to be able to help us in our engagement with this topic today and I'm so excited to welcome to the stage my very own family our YA pastors, young and old pastors at TLC International please can you give it up for my family Pastor Emmanuel and Pastor Michelle Masumkin as they make their way up to the stage right now come on you can do it better for them they're making their way to the stage I'm so stoked, super pumped welcome I think I should give you a hug yeah please have a seat can you give them another CR welcome just let them feel at home real quick So, I think, why don't we just start and pray and then we'll get into it. Father, thank you so much for your grace, your unction power. Uh, we're grateful for who you are, uh, for what you do, and for exactly your mandate, your calling for us in this season. We thank you so much, and we give you all the praise and adoration. In Jesus' name, and all the saints of God shall say. So, I went to go look, and I got my very own family. Some of you guys do not know, but Pastor Michelle is actually my blood cousin, my first cousin. Uh, they call us twins because we look so much alike. And, uh, and she's married to an amazing, amazing man. I love him so much. His name is Pastor Emmanuel. He's in charge of our ushering department here, and he does such a great job at it. Um, so for you're watching online, please also let them feel welcome, let them feel at home. Uh, so welcome, welcome to our conversation tonight.
1: Thank you. Thank you, CR, for having
2: us. Woo, 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 woo,
0: woo, woo. Okay. Some of you guys don't know, uh, Michelle's actually a social worker by trade. Uh, she single-handedly uh, wrote all my application to get into Carlton University uh, for social work. And thank you for that. And <laughs> and Pastor Emmanuel is an accountant by trade. And uh, they just have an incredible thing going on. And they oversee what we call the Josiah's House, which is our young professionals uh, department here at the church. And they're so good. They host what we call dinner parties, which are phenomenal ways to really get to know more of each other and to connect and stuff like that. So we're excited to have you. Uh, we're excited for you to be here. Um, so when we talk about relationships, we're just going to jump into it. I have, I have so many questions. Um, so when we talk about relationships, uh, what comes to mind? or What do you think the proper definition of a healthy relationship is? Or what does a healthy relationship look like?
1: Of course you will. When I think of a healthy relationship, I think of a relationship where purpose is being fulfilled where there's meaning in that relationship, where I'm not looking for my husband or my partner to fill in certain voids. I've already come into that relationship with those voids completed. I've already come into that relationship whole in who I am. And so a healthy relationship to me isn't one that's dependent on the other person. I think it's interdependent, It's, it's relational, it's a partnership, I think, from when I think of what a healthy relationship actually looks like.
0: Well, you can give it up for That's an incredible answer, a healthy relationship. Uh, Throughout the course of this, I want you guys to throw up a number up on the screen. We're gonna be doing um, some questions, some live questions. We need a few minutes. No problem. So in two minutes, they're going to throw up a, a, a number up on the screen. You guys can text it and uh, I'll be receiving it live and we'll ask questions. So whatever is on your mind, completely anonymous and come in and, uh, and I'll read them out. And so we can have these experts answer these questions. Uh, that's phenomenal. Pastor Manny. I'm going to throw it over to you real quick uh, just to get things, get things going a bit. Um, how did you meet uh, Michelle? Uh, what's your story and how did you know she was the one?
1: I want to hear this version.
0: We'll hear his version and come to your version.
1: Hi,
3: Cr. Are you guys ready for this? Yeah. All right. So I'll give you the the, the good version.
0: Right? No, we want the we want everything. <laughs> Do we want everything? Yeah. We don't. Don't leave out the bad stuff. Put everything in it.
3: Everything. Everything. Right. So I'm super excited to be to be here, actually. So thank you for having me. Um. So to get right to the to the answer, how did I meet my wonderful, beautiful, amazing? Oh, come on. And I don't just say this because you're here. I say this as often as I can and whenever I can, because she is amazing. Um, to be honest, I consider myself super, super lucky. Um, it's, it's an amazing thing to have a wonderful wife, uh, a partner that actually helps you fulfill purpose that like she said. Uh, we met. I'd say so. Now we've been married for three years almost, and I think we we met perhaps five or six years ago here at church. Um, As you, as many of you may know, I'm a usher here. I'm on this way. I'm an usher. So (laughs) the privilege that that gives me is I get to see every single one of them. So many, many years ago, right? When I figured I was in that stage in my life where I needed to be in a good, healthy relationship, I started looking. I'll be honest with you. I started looking. And I asked a few questions to a few people. And somehow, from afar, I saw this wonderful, wonderful, amazing. And I'm telling you, I, I at the time did not know who she was. But I said, who is this person? Who is this person? She came in, she was super quiet. Uh, She came in and left and one day I saw Mama Regina, our mom, and I said, I heard that that wonderful person is your niece. And so from there I started asking questions and questions and eventually I had the privilege of actually speaking to her one random, awesome, calculated day. It was not random because it was calculated. I saw her, and she knew me, or I, I, I'd hoped that she had known me because I'm always standing there wearing my best suits. Back then, now I'm, I'm a little bit older, but back then I'd wear my very best suits, my very best shoes. My hair would be uh, sharp, cut, right? Um, and so that when that random day that was really well calculated came, I approached her, and I said, my name is Emmanuel. I think we need to talk. And that's just like that. You just said. And she said, "Well, that's really how you started." I said, "We need to talk." And and from there, that same day, we exchanged numbers, and uh, we spent about an hour or so on the phone, just asking each other questions: "Who are you? What do you do? Where are you coming from? What's your what's your purpose? What's your what's your thing?" Right. And if, I could, if, you, if you permit, I could sort of uh, go a little bit deeper. At the time, uh, it was back in 2013, I remember clearly. Um, my life wasn't where it needed to be, and I, I knew that. My life was not um, where it needed to be. I'd been coming to church for a little while, for about three years. And I knew I needed to change a few things. Things were all over the place. It was a bit messy. And I had a saying back then, and i tell all the, you know, young folks that I speak to that need to clean my house. And I don't think I Hold up, hold up, what do you
0: mean by that? You said you need to clean your house. What do you, like what'd you have in your house? What, what house, skeletons were hiding in the closet? Like what'd you have?
3: My house was not clean. It was not clean, meaning my relationship status was not proper.
0: Are you trying to tell me you had other things going on or what was?
3: Yes, uh-huh. okay. I did.
0: <laughs> All right, proceed. <laughs> I just wanted to clear that up. I just, I just wanted to know.
3: It's getting a little hot in here. <laughs> um, yes. Back in 2013, uh, and sort of leading up to, the, to 2013, I, my, my house was not in those a few things that I sort of pursued and never ended. Pursued another thing, never really closed it off, thought I closed it off. And before you knew it, I, I was a church girl. I was a church, uh, I loved, every single day you'd find me here, right? But somehow... I looked at my phone and I had a number of things happening at the same time. So Damn. I said, if, if Michelle is the Michelle that I think she is, I cannot enter this relationship mm. with that kind of a house. Mm, mm.
0: That's amazing. That's am- you know, I like to think of relationships as being a, an emotional thing. Would you agree with that? Anybody agree with that? relationships are very emotional. Let me get some participation. Do you agree with that? It's an emotional thing. It's definitely spiritual, but it's also emotional. I often try to look at relationships as peeling an onion. I tell my brothers this. I give this an analogy of peeling an onion. You peel an onion so much and you try to get to know somebody and what happens when you peel onions? You begin to cry. That's your emotional aspect that's coming out with that. Now, if you keep peeling specific different types of onions, you get to the point where you don't even know the reason why you're crying because you have so many onions that you have peeled and you don't know which is the one that is causing you to react in an emotional state. So you're peeling this onion and you stop, you peel the four, four layers, then you peel the two layers, then you peel the three layers, then you peel the eight layers, and you're like, what the heck is going on? Why am I so emotional? But I don't know who is the one, and I don't know what is making me become emotional. What would you have to say to that, Michelle?
1: And that's a good point, and that's the thing that, you know, causes a lot of soul ties too, mm. right? You go back to every onion trying to figure out which mm. is making you cry the most or why it's making you cry and not realizing it, that you're really staying emotionally connected to all these different onions that are making onions. a mess in your house, you know? And I think that's one of the things that, that is so crucial that it, before getting into a relationship. And I remember him saying that so many times, like, I have to clean up my house. And at some point, I'm like, how messy is your house? <laughs> like, what are, what are your living conditions? Because, but you know what, I really, I, think, I thank God for that period. It was a long period where he was cleaning up his house. but. I thank God, because if that period hadn't happened, I don't know that this would have happened. You know, and so I think that those periods are are important. And in that period, it allowed me to also make sure that I was whole in who I was and not really just depending on him to hurry up and clean his house. I didn't want to rush the process. And I think that was extremely important for me. So I, I I mean, thank you. Wow. Come
0: on, let's clap right there. It's amazing. I just want to get into it real quick, then we'll open up for some questions. The number's up on the screen, 613-600-4527. So you can start texting away and I'll pick up some questions uh, and we'll see what we can do. Um, in that process, I just wanna open this question up uh, to you guys, uh, what were some of the red flags to you? Like what was something that was like too much? Like I knew he was cleaning his house, but what if you found something in his house as he was cleaning you're like, yo, this is something that, yo, I cannot deal with, but yet you know that this is the one that God has for you. How do you deal with that? Is, is that fair?
1: And I think that, that came up quite a bit in our relationship, where there were so many bumps in the road or so many potholes in the road. And I think in those moments, it caused me to question whether this is actually who God has for me. Because I'm wondering, okay, if this is who God has for me, why isn't the road as smooth as it should be? Why am I experiencing all these ba- or these pitfalls or potholes or things of that nature? And I think I realized that it's in those moments that it really allow us to strengthen our relationship. And I recognize that the enemy always fights a good thing as well. And so I think that those were important for us to really be strengthened in our relationship and as individuals. So they're inevitable. They're going to happen. We're going to have those potholes. We're going to have those setbacks in relationships. But they just make us a lot stronger, I think, as a couple.
0: Oh, that's amazing. Uh, Pastor Manny, I'm going to throw it over to you. Um, you're talking to all these young people. You have people in different phases, those who are, are looking, those who are not yet looking, those who are, are married, some people who are engaged at this process. Um, in this whole scheme or this process of discovering more of who God has for you, um, what do you think are some general red flags that should be of a concern in entering into a
3: relationship? It's a, an extremely good question. Um, if you don't feel that you could trust that person, then that's an automatic red flag. Mm. Trust is super important. It's one thing that we've realized uh even two three years into our uh, into our into our marriage that it's still as important as it was the first day. so if you feel that there is no trust, then it's not going to get any better. so you have to know that trust is super important and you you only establish trust if you could communicate with each other. So if you feel that you, you don't quite communicate properly with this person, then you should start questioning, you know, is, is he or is she holding back something that is potentially important that may pop up when we eventually, let's say, do get married? Yeah. Because things will, things will uh, unveil themselves eventually, so you can't hide anything for too long. Yeah. And so it's it's important, super important, to be able to trust that person. If you feel that you can't trust that person, start questions, start praying, or start asking questions. What are you holding? What is it that you're not telling me? What are those secrets that I may need to know right now? Right. So don't take another step until you figure out that there is no secrets that is potentially going to sort of hinder, hinder that relationship in the future. So trust is that one big red flag that if it's not there, you need to be careful.
0: That's amazing. What if um, what if what if uh, your wife and your mom don't get along? Mm. <laughs> oh, could we be real tonight? I, I won't. I'm asking a question. What if your wife and your mom don't get along? Is that a red flag? Is that enough for you to be like I'm out? What do you guys think? I'm yes, not. no. Some people are saying yes. If he fine, whatever.
3: <laughs> he fine or whatever. I can tell you from my honest story, uh, and I, I won't say whether what's right or, or what's wrong, I'll tell you my story uh, or our story and, and how that sort of happened. Our story was really quite interesting and uh, <laughs> super interesting if I could say. That, um, my family was not or they were not quick to accept my decision, right? So when I knew for a fact that Michelle is the one, uh, I, there, was, there was a certainty to it. There's a peace to it. I, I had that peace. I had gained that peace. Uh, and she had shown me a patience that I could not have imagined. So she had waited even. Right? Uh, for the, the period that I said I was cleaning my house, she had sort of, it seemed to me at least that she was waiting. I, I'm sure she was doing her life, but... <laughs> she she had patience. And so for me, that gave me enough or sufficient uh, peace that she is the one. But my family were not on board. They were not on board even up until the day that we were getting married. My family were slowly but never quite were able to be on board the way I knew I, wanted, I needed them to be on board. And so did that stop me? It did not. And I think you need the the... the, the 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 strong conviction that this is indeed the one that you will be with seventy years, ninety years down the line, and you have to know that in the beginning and I was fortunate to know that somehow in a hundred years, I will be with Michelle, and so my family, my parents, my, my siblings, they will come and they will eventually everybody passes right and so I needed to know who do I want to be with in the very last days. So that, and I knew that I could not, I could not leave Michelle. I said, I I would not, if I leave Michelle, my life ends. So that was the sort of uh, resolution that I had. And like I said, I I won't say what's right or what's wrong, but I'll tell you what it was for me. And I knew, and I, I tell her every so often, just so she knows that I cannot, I cannot go anywhere. I cannot leave. If I leave, I see myself dying. I see my entire life Finishing. And that was crazy. Because I mean my life wasn't always clean, but here I found a person that I felt that if I if I was to do her wrong and somehow she was to leave me or I for some foolish reason left, my life would finish. And that was a sad thing. So I had to convince my parents. I remember sitting with my parents crying, and I'd never cried as much, but I cried, I cried, I pleaded, I said, please just listen, just hear me out, what are your reasons, why can't you not like my wife, oh because she's from a different culture, can we talk about it, can, can I tell you why, uh, I mean because we're, we're coming from two different cultures. Okay, so let's
0: just, for context, where's your background?
3: I was born in Congo. Okay, any Congolese in the building, any Congolese? Damn,
0: I was waiting for that, it didn't happen, it didn't happen, it didn't happen. <laughs> All right. And and Mish, obviously you're from
1: Where my Ghanaians at G-H! Come on now.
0: <laughs> awesome. So let's just dig into that. I'm gonna pause in that. Uh who's doing the questions for me? Somebody here is doing the questions? Someone in the back? Okay, awesome. We're gonna come to you in a second. Um I know this cultural thing is uh is an important piece. Uh culture plays an incredible role in relationships. Um how are you guys able to beat past that in terms of, uh, you know, he wants kwanga, you want fufu, you know what I mean? You want jollof rice, he wants, you know, whatever. Like, how were you able to, to beat past that and able to develop a home uh, that is so harmonious? Like, how did you do that?
1: Well, he did have kwanga this week, so we, uh, we make it work. I think one of the things is we, we were able to develop our own culture in, in a sense. And I think that was important, a culture that takes into consideration Congo and takes into consideration Ghana. And, you know, raising up our, our child and our soon-to-be children that way, that you're not Congolese, you're not Ghanaian, you're Congolese and you're Ghanaian. And I think for us that was important as well too, just recognizing that there is flexibility in that. We can create what we, you know, what we want to see in our home. We don't have to be tied to tradition or tied to culture. We base our relationship on what the Word of God says, not just based on what culture says.
0: That's so good. That's so good. I think creating an environment whereby Christ is the culture. Absolutely. Yes. It's a Jesus culture, and then everything above of that is a subculture. Absolutely. I think it's something that, by God's grace, you guys have done so beautifully. One more time, up for my family. Um, Shay, what do we got?
2: We have a ton of questions. Um, the first question... how to wait, how to conduct a relationship that consists of waiting? That was the question. That's
0: a good question. Over to you guys.
1: That's a good question. It's just got real hot in here. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that that was probably one of the things that we recognized was also challenging in our relationship. Just for the fact that we both came into this relationship, um, hadn't test driven a few vehicles before, and so we had, we had known what that was like, right? We had known what that- oh, So you're trying was to say you had
0: sex before? Is that what you Just saying? saying. Okay, all right, cool.
1: So we knew what that was like, right? Which I think makes it harder as well in a sense, too. Um, is that okay to say? Am I, like, I know I'm in church, but- Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Sex,
0: sex. <laughs> I was preaching one way, one way oh, I don't know where I was. Was that with you? I was preaching in, uh, was it Chicago? And all of a sudden I was like, I ain't in the clubs no more, I ain't having sex! And I was like, pastor! I've never heard you say that word. I'm like, what you mean, bro? <laughs> We're saved by the blood.
2: Holly, thank Recycled God for Recycled for Jesus. Amen.
1: Amen. And I think for us, one of the things was prior to entering into this relationship, we had already lived a life of celibacy. And so, coming into that relationship, we had that agreement that we were going to continue the walk that we had already established. Um, And I think for, for us, too, we were both very active in ministry, and so that was one of our saving graces as well. All those CR encounters, you know, all those things like that had to really keep me in a pure state of mind. And those are the things that, for me, were my saving grace. That's not to say that there weren't close calls and that it wasn't hard, because it was, and that's the reality. But I think I had to remind myself that I want to be able to come into church and raise my hands without the conviction or the guilt. I want to be able to. I want to be able to go onto the encounters and be effective. I want to be able to read my word and hear from God. And I think those things allowed me to keep in mind the importance of keeping myself and keeping that covenant that I had with God as well.
0: Okay, uh, that's that's beautiful. Uh, I mean, okay, sure. Let's let's give him a clap. That's beautiful, and and that's an incredible, incredible um, church answer. Uh, But I need something that's raw. The night is heavy. The steam is in the room. Your blood is throbbing. Uh, You're looking at him, he's looking at you. There's nobody there. There's Chris Brown, Brown playing. Like, I mean, the atmosphere is set. Like, I mean, it's hot. I'm asking the questions that you guys are not asking. I'm trying to help you, and me. So what do you do in situations whereby the stakes are high but yet the emotion is heavy what do you do are you gonna literally look in his face and say you are alpha and Omega we worship or are you gonna allow the Chris Brown to get in you like what are you gonna do like what do you do what are some practical things Manny that you can do in that situation to be able uh, to still love God still know she's the one but to to make sure you're not feeding your lust.
2: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Woo!
3: Jesus. Like Michelle said, it was not always easy. Um, And we had come into this relationship already having tasted what it was like And so I think it took a lot of effort. And we established a few things, and I'm not just trying to give you a church answer, but we established a few things earlier on in the relationship, you know, when there was still daylight, right? So we set some common grounds, some rules. How do we deal with certain things if we ever get there, right? So we had to set those things because uh, uh, we knew, we, we, we were coming into this relationship and we knew how difficult it could be. So we knew if we don't set those boundaries, we will fall and we will fail and it'll hurt us, right? It'll make it very difficult for us to continue walking the same way that we'd like to. Um, and so there were days where we almost completely failed, uh, right? but then we, we were quick to remind ourselves, okay, we can't go past this point. Right, we can't, we can't, we can't, because it'll be very difficult for us tomorrow is Sunday morning. And look, we've already broken a few rules. Right? Get you. So, were there? Was it like a
0: curfew thing? Was it like um, the moment you would get in that situation? You're like, no, I have to go. Is it like you 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 practice the scripture, resist the enemy, and he will flee? Like, what did you do? Like,
3: what did you do? Well, first off, she could not sleep over my house. I could not sleep over her house right? And in the early days of our relationship, I lived with my sister, so it was super easy. She could not sleep over my sister's house. And um, we, we we hung out late sometimes, you know, if we went to the movies, but I had to bring her home. You know, her brother-in-law, or Michael was there at the time, waiting. Officer Michael. Right? So, So, she always had to come home, right? So, Although there'd be curfews, we broke, like I said, we broke a few rules because it, it, it gets to the point where it's hard, it's hard to just be apart, right? So we said, we got to get to the point of marriage quickly even because it started getting even more and more difficult, really difficult, extremely difficult. <laughs> <laughs> just trying to be real with you, like it, it really got difficult, but it's it's again those, those rules that we had set that helped us. Otherwise, I I tell you, I mean, we we would have gone to different places.
1: And there were times where, you know, we would have Chris Brown in the background, and I'd literally be in tears asking, why is this so hard? Like, why is this... You know, I think it's in those moments where we really would snap out of those moments and really check ourselves and remind ourselves, okay, what what is it that we are... Why are we even doing this celibacy thing? Why are we even keeping ourselves? And I think it's reminding ourselves of the, of the wise, I think helped us really get through that as well just knowing for yourself okay why is this even important because if it's not important you're gonna do it there's no reason you're gonna slip and you're gonna fall and so I think for us it was knowing why we wanted to keep ourselves why we wanted to wait until marriage as well too and keeping that at the forefront I think of, of our relationship was important for me at least
0: I think that's amazing and I think uh like you said just knowing that the end goal is to honor God Honor God and all that we do and and I think what you guys had which was really strong was accountability. Like you said, you had people who you were accountable to that could say, Listen, like this is too much, this is too far, make sure that you're not here. So once more, that's incredible. Shay, what do we have?
2: We have some really good questions. This one is for Pastor Emmanuel. It says, if you carry baggage or issues, should you enter the dating phase even though you know the person is a good candidate and wants to be your partner, should you wait, tell them how you feel, should I be afraid of them leaving?
0: Lord.
3: Can you say that just one more time?
2: (laughs) If you carry baggage or issues, should you enter the dating phase, even though you know the person is a good candidate and wants to be your partner? Should you wait? Should you tell them how you feel? Or should you be afraid of them leaving?
3: Well, I'll I'll tell you quickly, um, there is Jesus Christ, right? So those baggages that, I, I mean, if I think of myself, I had a whole lot of issues, but... I went to the encounters, and I, I had broken free. I, I was—I had let loose of all those things that had held me bound, uh, and so I knew that those things were no longer holding me. Uh, my baggage was no longer being carried with me. So that was one thing that I had, that, that I did, and I kept doing every single year as, mu- as much as I could. I could go. I, I went to the, re- to, the re-encounters, to the encounters, to the encounters, and so that that helped me. And I told Michelle, I was truthful to to Michelle. I told her, listen, uh, I had been with this person and that person. So I was honest in the beginning. I let her know just so that if, if she was not for it, she'd know from there and she'd make a decision. So be as honest as you can. Be as truthful. Tell her everything and anything. Or tell that person everything in the beginning. right? Because eventually they will find out. Right? So you're better off letting them know right now or in the beginning so that they could make that decision and then you could live free. One thing that I knew was if, if she was the one for me and indeed in she is, if we do get married, marriage is for life and there was no divorce, there was no looking back. So I wanted to live a very free life. Right? So do yourself that favor. Tell, tell, tell the person everything. Let them make the decision whether or not to, to date you. Essentially, oh, a great I know there's more, so let's just get
0: a few more rolling in.
2: Um, this question says, "Can one second? Let me the sense." Basically, they're asking if God can show a woman first who her husband is, and if she can go ahead and approach the guy.
0: What do you guys think, <laughs> Michelle?
1: I think he can. I don't know if it's her job to pursue. I think if anything, cause I, I think, I don't know if you knew, but I, I did receive a word that he was my husband and I kept that word. I received that word, I think in 2013, um, but that's prior to, we had spoken, we had had conversations, but we weren't officially dating at that point in time. But when I received that word, I kept that word for me as confirmation so that when he's done cleaning his house, and that's also what helped me wait throughout that whole process, knowing that I have this word and this is the guy who God has for me. So that allowed me to be patient and exercise patience during that process. So I think, I think that that can happen, and I don't know that if it's her role to pursue him, but I think it's more so just so that you have that peace of mind and you have that confirmation. And when he does come, you already know that God has already showed you this person as your potential husband. That's great. That's my thought.
3: Well, do you want to take- uh, if I could add a little bit to that it 's good if God shows the woman who the the, the the man is, but I know personally, if a woman was pursuing me, it would be a turn off like i, I, I put that 's for me i 'd be scared right so, so for me, I needed to be able to pursue myself right even if she already knew that that 's the one I, I still needed to know that i I chased her. And I got her. That's right. right. And, and so I'm going to keep her. Right? <laughs> oh, right. I like that. If she chased me and she got me, then it's not as, like, you, you, you may not want to keep her because you, you never really went after her, right? So you want to be able to say, I found her, I saw her, and I chased her, and it wasn't easy, but I did my best, and finally I got her. At least that's for me, right? That's what I would say. That's amazing. I mean, the scripture says, he who finds,
0: right? So yes, he who finds a wife. God can show the woman, uh, but if the male, like you said, is not in the position of pursuing, you, don't, you won't respect what you haven't worked for. And that's just a, that's a valuable thing. If you haven't worked for something, then you won't respect it and you won't honor it. So if it's he who finds, it's because God knows the nature of man. And God knows that man have an innate feature within them to be victorious and competitive. And so if we do not win, then we do not respect. That's why okay, let me stop. Let's go. Next question. Better preach. Next question. Next question. No next, next question.
2: The next question says, What did you do? What did you do to take full advantage of your single season? Ah, that's, that's a good, that's
1: good question. What what did you what did you, you
2: do? do? <laughs> I'm curious.
3: Well, single season I suppose lasted many, many years for us, or for me at least. We got married when we were twenty seven, so twenty nine.
1: Twenty twenty nine. Oh, I think 30. so, yeah. 20, 2016, 20, how long ago was 2016? Three years ago. Three years ago? Oh, wow. Okay, we got married in 2016, I don't know. How.
3: <laughs> 29, I guess.
1: 29, yeah.
3: Yeah, so there you go. We, we were quite old, and so we did a lot of things. <laughs> Not old, apologies. We're at a good age. At a good age, great age. Um, the right age. <laughs> the, the right age. Um, we lived our life. I, I know she, I acquired my first property I started paying off a few things. Uh, became very serious with my career, so it was a perfect time for me to just build myself to become the person that I, I thought I needed to become. I started going to church more. I became a serious uh, ministry person, right? I, I'm a man of God, and I, I just sort of built that 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 person that I needed to become because I knew where I was coming from, and it was not the person that I wanted to be any longer, so I needed to to build up this new Emmanuel, uh, establish myself, acquire things that I needed to have for a potential wife, right? That's what I did. So during my, my up until I met Michelle, I was just sort of getting myself ready, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I think my answer is quite similar. I didn't, I think, I don't know that I really classified it as my single season because I wasn't necessarily doing things in hopes of getting married or I wasn't doing, I was I was literally just doing my, like living my life um, so actively involved in ministry. I had finished my, my master's, I was working, I was doing my side practice. I mean, I was just, I was literally just following my dreams and doing things that were important to me, not necessarily thinking that this is for my husband or for my children or things like that too. Um, one, because... I initially didn't think that I would get married. I wasn't interested in marriage just based on what I had seen and what my experiences were like. And so it wasn't necessarily my ultimate goal or my ultimate dream um, until God was able to work on my heart and to be able to break me and allow me to recognize the purpose of marriage for my life. Um, And so for me, I was, I was really just doing me and allowing myself to enjoy my singleness without looking at it as, okay, I have to get through these years of singleness before marriage comes along. I was enjoying it for what it was worth.
0: I think there's a blessing in singleness. Uh, there's a blessing in self-discovery. And there's a blessing in knowing who God is creating you to be and enjoying that, having fun and being completely to yourself, like just being with you and God. And, and I think uh, that getting into the, por- the portion of your life where uh, you're trying to engage in a relationship, God, like you said, has to really prepare your heart and prop your heart. I was talking to one of my friends, and they were telling me, like, when uh, I knew I had to get married, it's like I woke up the, uh, one day and it's like I was on a timer. Like, I knew that, man, like, it, it's now. Like, this is the season for me to move into that because God has prepared my heart. And so, moving into that phase of your life, uh, from what I can understand and what I've received from others, is that God really has to prepare the ground uh, before you enter into it. Because if you enter into a relationship with a single mindset, uh, that's when you, you come home late without telling your spouse. That's when you start moving with other people when you're not respecting the trust of the covenant. You see, so anyways, next question.
2: Um, the next question is, I really like this girl. I think she's my wife, I'm nice. almost certain, but she keeps running away, what do I do? <laughs> come on, I like that question.
0: Before we answer that question, Very bold, that's a very very bold. I like the girl, the girl doesn't like me. What do I do? I like that question, but before you do so, um, Michelle was independent in her career. Uh, Michelle, uh, she acquired property, she was doing her thing. Uh, she really kind of said, Listen, I was 20, I didn't really have a mindset that I even wanted to get married. Now, you, Emmanuel, um, I have a question for you that's going to tie into this. How do you approach a woman who thinks she doesn't need a man?
3: I don't need nobody. You need, so you need somebody. <laughs> it was not easy. Um, I had to build up that confidence, right? Michelle, she said, she had a, she had acquired properties, not just one, but properties, right? And I was just getting into it. She had a practice. She was working at a hospital. She was this person that seemed to not really need a man. And somehow I knew that she was the woman for me. So it was not easy, but I had to sort of build up that confidence in in myself. Uh, I had to seek God, seek counsel, and sort of speak to people that maybe could speak to her. (laughs) So you hired someone. (laughs) I I, I needed help. (laughs) And you have to be able to admit that sometimes, you know, when you meet destiny, when you meet purpose, you will need people, right? And so I needed people to, to sort of support me in every sort of ways, to support me, to, to push me, and also to sort of speak to her also, right? And so, and so, uh, what was I saying?
0: <laughs> I got you. You need uh, people to support. And, yes. so, and, I'll, and I'll pick up from what you're saying. Yes. So essentially, in, in, in meeting purpose, you need the support behind to get there. Uh, sometimes it's not a one-on-one. Sometimes it's a two-on-one. Sometimes it takes different people to be able to just capture one person's heart is essentially what you're saying. And that's amazing. Now, coming back to this question, this brother is saying, or, this, or whoever it is. I think he's a brother, right? This brother is saying that, listen, I see somebody. I think they're the one. I believe in my heart of hearts that this is the woman for me but she's not responding to my DMs, she's not answering my text messages. When she sees me on FaceTime, she ignores. Um, she puts snooze anytime time I think. Like, how do I approach? How do I approach?
3: I'll tell you um, my experience and yeah. You may think she's the one, but if she's not the one, if she's not responding to uh, to certain things, she may not be the one. And you you have to be able to admit that, right? She or he or she may not be the one for you. You may think you received the word from whomever, but it may be something else that's misleading you. you. You may think that he or she is attractive, so all of a sudden you think that's the one. Or or he or she has what you need. And so you think, that's the one. That has to be the one. But it may not be. And I remember for myself, I used to think that I had the one or I found the one before Michelle even. And and, And that was a lie, though. So I had to be able to come to that point where I had to say to myself, that's not the one. The one will respond to certain things. If the one is not responding, then that's not the one. You cut your losses, and you move on. I hear
0: that, but I'm going to just kind of play devil's advocate. That's incredible. That's amazing. But what if you know she's the one, and she's not responding? Like It's not like you believe in your flesh, but it's like it's been revealed to you that this is the one, and she's still not responding to you. At that point, what do you do? Do you
3: continue to pursue, or do you put a pause on your purpose? You put a pause on that one. You give it some time. You have to allow, at least for me, you have to allow time to do its part. Once you've done your part, say to God, you've prayed to God. So now it's time. It's time for time to do its part, right? Give time a chance, right? Maybe she needs to give time a chance. Yes. Maybe she needs to work some things out. If she really, truly is the one, then time will reveal it to you so you don't have to push more than you need more than you have to just allow her to sort of come into that fold if she's the one she will eventually come and you also have to then start showing patience so sometimes i think we think we found the one but we're so pressed to make it happen right now when it's supposed to happen in a year's time or in two years time so do you have the patience can you wait can you wait that, can you wait for her to also see that Oh, shoot, you are the one, right? So patience and time has to also be sort of uh, brought into the equation. It, It can't always be on your own time. It has to be on God's time. She may also not even be ready.
0: So to whoever that was out there, God may be working on her. She may look like she's ready on the outside, but on the inside, God is working emotional things out. And so if you try to pursue prematurely, what will happen is you'll get in there and you'll be disappointed because you thought it was something that it wasn't. And so, take your time. Next.
2: Next question says, I'm talking to this guy, but I have this feeling that he's intimidated by my dreams and aspiration, and how successful and independent I am. Should I wait for him to be secure in himself or run? Ah! You touched the security button?
0: She touched the security button. Michelle? (laughs)
1: The security button (laughs) Um, I think that if he is the one for you He'll have that boldness and that confidence to approach you and I think recognizing that he might not necessarily have it all together But knowing that you're the one who he who is for him allows him to have that confidence as well And that kind of goes back to what my husband was saying as well where that could be intimidating But having that confidence, I think, is what really attracted me to him as well, too. That he wasn't intimidated by my goals or wasn't intimidated by what I had or what I didn't have or where I was going. But he walked in a a level of confidence that other men couldn't have walked into. And so I think that that, for me, was what is attractive and what's important as well, too. And so if he's not at that level, then I think continue to look.
0: That's amazing. Uh, Michelle, let me just talk to the fellas. Guys, be secure in who you are. If the woman is being independent, you too, also be independent. Have what you're doing as well. If she's doing something, have something you're doing. The relationship should be a relationship of co-dependence, not independence and not dependence, but uh, co-dependency and interdependency. So if she has something that she's doing that she's completely independent, be secure in yourself. If she makes more money, just think about it like this, you're both of you guys will chop it at the end of the day. And so there's an understanding that we as guys have to come to, ladies, I'm fighting for you right now. There, there is a security. There is a security as guys that we have to come to, which is, listen, if she is achieving more than me, I have to be secure in knowing that I may not always be under the spotlight. I may enter into a relationship knowing that she may be the preacher and not me. And I have to be okay with that because in my own divine way, without me supporting her, she couldn't do what she's doing. Uh, Am I making sense So You get what I'm saying? And so there needs to be... A, a balance in our thought as men. And we need to be healed from the demon of insecurity. Yeah. Next question.
2: How do you know the difference between God told me this is the one and wishful thinking?
3: <laughs> God is not a liar. And so he will make it happen. And he will show you things. And and it will become clear. It won't like... I know when God showed me that Michelle was the one for me, it was clear. I could hear the words. I knew that. I knew for a certain that this was a divine, and, and, and it was my purpose. I could see in my visions that you know I see Michelle and I. So you have to be able to see that vision clearly, um, and and not just wishy washy, and not just because she's attractive or she has this thing going on for her. It has to be clear to you.
1: I think just to add to that too, because sometimes we can get really, we can conjure up all these ideas in our mind of divine intervention, you know, if I see this, then that means that that guy's for me, and you know, but I think when, it, when, it's, when it's a God-given purpose or when it's a God-given idea, I think one of the things that come with that as well too is a sense of peace, I think, and a lack of fear for me anyways and so I think knowing that it's not just I want to be with this guy but God has told me that this is who my husband is, there's an inner peace that comes with it and there's no fear that also comes with being in that relationship or being with that individual as well, which might exist when it's wishful thinking as opposed to it being from God.
0: And I'll add on to that to say that that peace, and we're wrapping up in a sec, we'll take the last two then we'll be out, but I think that um, coming to the point, Michelle, as you were saying, which is amazing that the self-discovery of that peace may not be something that's immediate but it could be something that's developed upon. I think that the difference between what God is saying and what wishful thinking is, is that uh, they're both in two different realms, spiritual realm and the soulless realm. And so what begins to happen is that when you hear that God has this person for you and has confirmed it for you, you'll see that confirmation in other things as well. And what will begin to happen is that your soul will come into alignment with your spirit. And that process is always a process that is of tugging, where it's that this is what God says, but this is what I want. And, but if this is what God says, and this is what will stand. And so your soul has to come and break itself to fit into the mold of the spirit and that's what God will do. Awesome. Let's clap for that. that was good. Let's take our last two.
2: So this question has two parts. It says how important is physical attraction to your destiny partner and if your destiny partner isn't as sweet as you thought he or she would be what do you do? <laughs>
1: that's a good question.
3: You have to be attracted to Your partner, I mean, you will wake up every single morning and you'll go to sleep every single night looking at them. And I'm being honest, right? You have to be able to say, Wow, (laughs) honest to yourself. And you, and you, in this thing, you cannot lie, don't lie to yourself. Of all the things you will ever do, do not lie to yourself, (laughs) it'll haunt you. It's what it's the one thing that will haunt you if you think that, Oh, no, no. I, I think, but I, I know, but she's not really the one, or she's not really attractive, but I'll just do it for the sake of getting married, then you will, you'll be haunted by that decision for a very long time until eventually it may break you. So do not lie to yourself. You have to have that peace in your mind or in your, in your heart that you are attracted to this person. And she, she may not be attracted to, to, to someone else, but to you yourself. And it's an inner peace that, or it's, it's an inner beauty Right, so you have to be able to say, I see in her, and I love her soul. I love, I love how she conducts herself. When I first saw, when I first uh, saw Michelle, I saw what she was doing in the ministry or here in the house. So I was attracted to her love for God. So attraction is not always physical, although it could also be physical. It's a lot more than physical though, it's also the spiritual things that you're doing. So I saw how she loved God and how she gave herself to God and I was eternally attracted to her. And I, I say, Michelle is this amazing woman. I attached a name to her even before we could speak, right? So she has to be, or he or she has to be someone that you, you value. So the attraction has to come with something that you could place a value to, right? Miss, what do you have to say Then we'll wrap this up?
1: I think it's important. I mean, I think that's like the first point of contact is how this person looks. Um, I think it's important. I don't think it's the end-all, be-all by any means, but I think it's something to take into consideration. Once you get to know that individual, then you start to be attracted to their personality or to their intellect or to any other thing that you you can learn about the individual. But I think... That being the first point of contact, that's what's either going to attract you to start talking to them or not, just based on that physical piece. But it's definitely not the end-all be-all. And I think that other things should be taken into consideration like destiny and purpose as well, but not to overlook the physical attraction.
0: I love that so much, why? Because when it comes to physical attraction, looks fade. Looks fade. So it can be the first thing that attracts you to the individual, but after some time, uh, if that's the only thing that attracts you, if they don't look like that again, you don't like them anymore. Let's be honest. If they, don't, if they don't have that shape or if they're, they're not cutting their hair a specific way or they don't dress the way they used to anymore, then you don't like them because that's the way you found them. So that's why a lot of relationships break down in their third year, or their 10th year, because you don't look like the way I met you. Uh, but that's why I love what you guys have because it's, it's beyond that. Uh, and it's a love that we can all attest to that is at a deeper level That is like, like, yes, I love you, you're amazing. Physical attraction is important, but there's other layers to attraction as well. And even if your looks do fade and when they do fade, I will love you because of, there's a deeper connection of a knowledge that we're fulfilling purpose together. Uh, and I love that. about. can we give it up once more for Michelle and Manny? Incredible people, I love them. Do you wanna squeeze one last one in?
2: Sure, Um, this one says, what if you're ready to be in a relationship and you know your purpose but the other person is still figuring theirs out? How do you proceed without distracting them from figuring it out?
1: Um, I think it's important to walk in your purpose while they pursue their purpose. It's it's one thing to have a purpose for my life as in, as a single person, but the marriage in and of itself has its own purpose as well. There's a purpose that the marriage has. There's people that the marriage is supposed to empower, the marriage is supposed to speak to, there's children that the marriage is supposed to raise. And so the marriage in and of itself has its own purpose. And so I think it's important for you to allow that under other individual to find and fulfill their purpose as individuals while you walk in your purpose at the appropriate time. You Will come together and fulfill purpose as a married couple. So I think it's important to exercise patience in that.
0: Bottom line wait. Wait as God works on him. Don't distract him or don't distract her from what God is doing through their lives and in their lives. Allow them to evolve and develop because if you commit prematurely, you'll be disappointed. If you commit to something that is not fully developed, you will also be disappointed. Uh, That's why, and I always give this analogy, uh, one day that I went and I I put a patty inside the the patty toaster and it looked like it was done on the outside and I ate it and it was still cold. It's probably the worst thing that I had to deal with. I was like, why is this? It's terrible. Eating food that is not well done but looks as though it's done is the worst thing. So somebody on the outside can look well put together as though God has developed their purpose. But on the inside, there are so many aspects of them that are still broken and that still need the hand of God to fix so unless you wait that out and that may be why they're saying no to you not because they're not physically ready or attracted but because spiritually and emotionally they don't have the, the, the stamina to be able to engage in something for the long run and the long haul and so with that we bring our conversation to an end can you please give it up for Michelle and Mani? I hope you were blessed today by what they had to say thank you so much They didn't bring their son. They have a beautiful son, EJ. Uh, they didn't bring him today. Uh, and Michelle uh, is also uh, you know, expecting because we're growing our family together. Uh, you know. And so please pray for them. Uh, and as they're going, that God will strengthen them and you can catch them at JH and dinner parties. Uh, what's your next dinner party happening?
1: December 8th.
0: December 8th. So be there at the dinner party December 8th. Come on, one more time for my family as they're going. Let's be up on our feet tonight. Really, man? Play music Soul Child at an altar call? <laughs> Don't mind me. <laughs> I hope you were blessed tonight. Did you learn something uh, about the dynamics of relationships? Anybody learn something? Let me see if I raise hands. You actually learned something tonight. Uh, something that you walked in here. Come on, this. we have to give God the glory for this. You learned something that, that could benefit you. Truth be told, we live in a society right now where the standards for relationships are ridiculous. Uh, I was going online and I read some relationship goals uh, that people have set out like, oh my gosh, it's relationship goals and this is what my relationship should look like. And it's so unhealthy because it paints an unclear image of somebody else's false reality that you're trying to emulate. Uh, And so uh, unless we have a clear image of what God's promise is for us and what his promise is for couples, for relationships. Then we keep living lives uh, that are not in line with what God's will is for us. Um, So I want you to take a minute right now and you're going to do something that's incredible. If you have a spouse, I want you to pray for your spouse. Uh, And if you don't have a spouse, I want you to pray for your future wife or husband right now. This is something we have never done. I want you to pray for your future family, your future spouse. Uh, I want you to pray that God will direct their paths to you. I want you to pray uh, that God will continue to bless them where they are in their development, wherever they are. Take about two minutes right now. Begin to pray for your future spouse or your current spouse right now. Come on, begin to pray for them begin to pray if you knew how important this was you would open up your mouth thank you for tuning in to the campus rush podcast if you enjoyed this message and want to partner with us visit us at www.campusrush.org to become a global partner or to partner with us in giving